0: Well, revival is in the air and religion is in free fall. I'm going to ask that we all bow our heads in prayer. Just start ratting off all the bad things I've done until you get tired of hearing about them, or why. I'm going to talk to you about the judge of the fatherless. Uh, I'm sure he doesn't mean to be so difficult, Mrs. Cleaver. It's just that he's at the age where he doesn't realize how important it is to keep a promise. Which Bible stories you want to hear? This is a Sunday school. Thanks, Dad. Welcome back to the Faith of the Fathers podcast. I'm your host, Carl Gessler, here to reignite the Faith of the Fathers. We have a revival going on in Asbury, up in Kentucky, that's been going on for eight days at the time of this recording. And I'm praising God for that. I understand that. I think it was yesterday someone manifested a demon and the person right next to them knew exactly what to do and cast it out. Many people thought this woman was having a seizure, and she was having a seizure. They were about to call a medical emergency, but once the demon was cast out, the woman was fine, and people glorified Jesus. And that's that's the beauty of deliverance ministry. It's kind of how I got into it too, just thinking about healing and you know the how it comes with the territory. But revival is in the air. God is doing a great thing. I heard that there are similar things happening in a place, uh, on a campus in Cedarville, Ohio, a Christian campus there, and a Christian university, Lee University, in Tennessee. So if wherever you are right now, just pray that the Lord would pour out holy oil. On the flames that are already burning and let it spread beyond Christian campuses onto every campus and into every state in our nation. I know that God's desire, his heart is for the whole world. But I feel like in the same way that my passion is for my family and my my responsibility is first to my family. Also, my responsibility is first to my nation and our nation has been in decline and God is reviving it. Also, what's in decline right now is religion. Uh, We have seen since 2020 uh, that there has been a major shakeup in institutionalized church, in the mainstream uh, of churchianity. Uh, I think many people realize that uh, the lack of faith, the lack of loyalty, the lack of commitment—many pastors, by shutting down their churches, really said, we don't think that in-person fellowship is that important. Uh, they really showed that, you know, when the when the government declared that the church was uh, non-essential. Many pastors went along with that, therefore agreeing with the devil's accusation, with the devil's declaration that the church is a, is irrelevant or it's um, non-essential. But there are many people who are like who are surging around and because of everything that happened in 2020 Two, they're they're saying not 2022 in 2020. Also, they are saying, "I need the real Jesus. I need the real truth. I'm not looking for religion. I'm looking for power to change." And so we see this revival in deliverance ministry, where people are waking up and they're saying, you know what, I don't really care that pastor so-and-so down the street at that denominational church says this isn't for today and that Christians can't have demons. I know I have demons and I know I need deliverance, so I'm going to get it. So we see revival uh, is taking, is happening, and many people have prophesied that, and it's just so encouraging to see it actually happen. Uh, but on the other hand, you see that um that religion, all these religious structures are collapsing, and there's recently recently in the news, uh, Andy Stanley has been in the news. Many people, uh, because of some tweets and some things that have uh, people have said that he has said that they. It seems that Andy Stanley has uh, is whether or not he meant to come out this way or not. People are saying that he is becoming an affirming uh, pastor. Um, and, uh, people, so the story that I heard, and I listened to Remnant Radio on this, and I'm not doing this at all to, uh, attack Andy Stanley. Um, I like Andy Stanley. I like the, what I've heard of him. I enjoyed him as a, I enjoy him as a teacher. Like he's very well organized. Um, he's an excellent communicator. Um, he's not boring. Uh, but I think that the, you know, the, gospel is not in words, but in power. It's not information, it's transformation. And if the things that are being said about him are true, it only reveals that he is preaching a powerless gospel, and now he's at a crossroads where he either has to humble himself and realize there's a major part of Jesus that he has left aside, or he's going to go down the road uh, that is apostate, and he's going to lose all credibility and all relevance in the church. And you know, this is I think what is happening in our day, God is drawing the lines between um his people and the world uh very clearly. Because and this is what has to happen if people are going to get saved, they have to see that coming to Jesus is actually a transformed life. Because that's what you want. If you want Jesus, you want a transformed life. If you want a transformed life, you want Jesus. If you're in addiction and you want to get out of it, you want a real Jesus. You don't want Religion. Um, I listened to Remnant Radio talk about Andy Stanley. They interviewed a pastor who is actually friends with Andy and was uh, actually in closed meetings uh, years ago, where some of these things that are, um, some of these accusations being laid against Andy Stanley were already surfacing in private meetings. I personally believe that these things are true, unfortunately. Um, and, uh, so, and I'm kind of doing this podcast on the basis that I think these things that have, that are being said, uh, are accurate about Andy. Um, and I'm not one of those people that's going to say that Andy is a false prophet. I know, uh, Greg Locke apparently has made a video that calling him a great, uh, one of the biggest false prophets of, you know, all time and more than Joel Osteen and all that. I think that's, that's overkill. That's dramatic, And I don't think it's fair. I've listened to um, several teachings of Andy Stanley, uh, just in different meetings that I've been part of, and he's a fine teacher, and I know people have gotten saved through him. But I think what has happened is this. So this is a story, that Andy Stanley has a friend, uh, some kind of acquaintance, who believes that they've always been homosexual. They've always been same-sex attracted, that they can't change it, and that Andy Stanley has really come to that conclusion himself, that they can't change. Uh, and it has been said that he's even—that um, at one time he told two men that they should just get married as a way of dealing with some of their sexual temptations, as if uh, as if men marrying men is actually a legitimate marriage, uh, which, of course, it's not. Um, and, you know if these things about that about Andy Stanley are not true he needs to come right out and say it his platform is too big to be vague he just needs to come out lay very clearly out before the public this is what I believe and this is what I teach um, and so he needs to do that I mean this is not because this isn't rocket science this isn't this isn't uh, difficult stuff as far as interpreting scripture is concerned it is very clear God made them male and female and the two shall become one, male and female. And that's it. That's the only thing that God has blessed. Everything else is a perversion. Everything else is cursed. So what has happened, I believe, is this. There are people in the church who are struggling with same-sex attraction. There are people in the church who are struggling with addiction. There are people in the church who are struggling with mental illness. Um, And the church without power... Um, we apply the world's methods to it. So religion is something that we can control. It's something that we can conform to our image. We can package it and we can sell it to the masses. And honestly, that is by and large what we have been doing in the American church. Uh, And Jesus is, you know, the truth, even a little bit of truth has a lot of power. And I believe people get saved even in religious uh, circles that are very, you know, um, showy and packaged and, you know, big churchy, Uh, you know, a lot of fluff and not a lot of substance, people still get saved because God is that gracious and the truth is that powerful. But by and large, what we have done is we've created a Christian culture that we package up and then we sell to people. We uh, appeal to them with our nice buildings, with our coffee shops and with our donuts um, and with our community and say, hey, come be part of our community. We rarely ever challenge people on whether or not they're truly saved, whether or not they're truly surrendered, because the truth is if if we start getting into the nitty gritty about addiction and stuff like that, we are going to be exposed, and so we don't go there at all. I've been part of Celebrate Recovery um, uh, meetings where where I've gone. I've gone to those, and people told me I was going to one to sing, to lead worship, and they said, you know, this is a place where people are free to talk about their struggles. Uh, and I thought, oh, so this is real church. Like, this is actually the church, but it's, it happens on a Monday night in the basement. We don't really talk about it. We just have a sign out for Celebrate Recovery for those addicts out there to come and be part of. And the rest of the church is apparently doing great and has no problems because they're part of the packaged you know, the packaged Christianity that we're selling. Religion is like that. We can package it up. We can make it look nice. We can sell it. We get our customers who come in and go out. But Jesus is not like that. The truth, the Bible says, Jesus himself said in John eight thirty two, he said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Transformation is the effect of true theology. And, um, you know, so someone comes up to Andy Stanley who's says they've been struggling with uh, same-sex attraction all their life. Uh, what do you do? What do you do about that? Well, if you don't believe in deliverance ministry, what can you do? Um, I, I was part of a church, a Reformed uh, Baptist church for a while. We were attending it, and there was a man there who got saved through the pastor of that church. And praise God, the pastor did a great job. He went over, befriended him, led him to the Lord, but the man still struggled with uh, with his same sex attraction he he was an old man, and he lived with another old man. They kind of took care of each other, but he came up to me desperate at that time, needing help. I sent him to a ministry that I thought could help him because i didn 't know how to help him at that time. Um, I only had theory, and it wasn 't really being applied very well. Um, but the church there eventually just kind of lost patience with him they didn 't have uh, they didn 't have an answer they got kind of Harder and harder on them, but just like you need to do this, you need to do that. Um, And you're just, if you're not doing it, you're in rebellion because they didn't, it didn't even cross their radar that this could be a spirit that needed to be cast out. If there is a depraved spirit in you, it has depraved desires, and those desires are not going away unless the spirit goes away. And a spirit of perversion longs to pervert, it's the food that it eats. Vlad Savchuk. Now, I learned this from him. He says, you know, like an alcoholic spirit, if it lives inside you, it wants alcohol. It feeds on alcohol. A lying spirit has to lie. That's that's its bread and butter. That's how it lives. That's how it gets by. When someone is molested by somebody else, a spirit of perversion enters uh, m- m- many times. And then that spirit in that person wants to molest as well, and it's not the person that wants to molest, it is the spirit of perversion, and it has to come out in order for the change to take place. I don't think Andy Stanley knows about deliverance ministry, I don't think he, he I'm, I'm quite confident uh, that he does not practice it and it's not practiced in his church, and that I think is where um, he's gone wrong. And so he's at this crossroads now where he needs to either acknowledge, I don't have the answers and I need someone who does have the answers to teach me. Who knows something about this? Someone who does deliverance ministry is going to step forward and it might be a little old lady in his congregation who knows what to do and needs to teach him. He needs to humble himself and learn and if he doesn't, he's going to go the way of uh, the apostate church. He's going to lose all influence and power, and we need—you know, it's good that he loses influence because he'll be leading people astray. Um, and this is what I mean. Revival is is here, the and religion is in a free fall. The power is not in religion. The power is in the truth. Um, the truth said it will make you free. So, people who are struggling with same-sex attraction. I have not met a single person yet who has not been molested or abused in some way. Uh there are some people I have met who said that they haven't. Honestly, I don't believe them. Um they may not remember uh what it is, but uh they have been abused. You know, also as I do deliverance ministry and I've interviewed many people, I've talked to lots and lots of people all over the country. Uh people don't realize that they were abused many times till much later because you only know your own experience as normal. And it takes uh other people's perspectives, it takes new experiences, it takes revelation from God, reading the word of God to realize that some of the things that happened to you when you were very young were not normal and they were not right. Um and so there are a lot of people who think that they did have a good relationship uh, or they had a good childhood. And the truth is they just haven't realized the truth of what's gone on in their life. But I have not met anyone yet who struggles with same-sex attraction who has not been abused. Um, So I'm going to share a story uh, from a guy named Bill Banks who does deliverance ministry. He wrote a book called Deliverance for Children and Teens. And this is a remarkable story about a woman who identified sexually as an it, and it confused her. And this is a story of how... From Even from birth and before birth, evil spirits can enter our, enter our lives That with their depraved desires that will affect us until they are evicted. And that is why deliverance ministry is so important for our day and age. Listen to this story called Deliverance for Sally from It. He says, Sally, a young nurse from our fellowship, phoned one day to ask if my wife and I would pray with her. I know that I need further deliverance, she said. I don't have any idea what it is I'm up against this time, but I'm sure it isn't rejection because we've already dealt with that and I really believe that it is gone. This is something that is similar to rejection, she said thoughtfully. I know that I'm saved and that the Lord loves me and that I've been baptized in the Spirit, walking with him for over five years, but there is still something tormenting me. I reflected upon the previous ministry with Sally. She had been adopted when only a few days old by an older couple who had lovingly raised her. Having been raised in a home as an only child by her older parents and knowing that she had been adopted, Sally had battled rejection and abandonment problems. She had been delivered from both spirits about six months earlier and had also forgiven her birth mother for abandoning her. It's embarrassing to talk about, she said. But I'm sure most girls or women think of themselves as female, as she or her. For some reason, I always think of myself as an it. I really don't understand why, but that's always been the way that I've thought of myself. I'm almost 30 years old, and all the dates that I've had in my life, you could count on one hand. I'm not upset about it because I have no desire to date either. I recall that we had always known Sally to be a friendly, outgoing, loving, patient, and compassionate Christian. We had observed that, she, that although she was very pleasant and people genuinely liked her, she did not date. In spite of the fact that she had a great personality, Sally seemed to have no desire to date and did not seem, upon further reflection, to be particularly feminine. She always dressed neatly, but not in a very feminine way, almost like a tomboy, always wearing a typical pantsuit. And her hair close-cropped. However, being totally in the dark as to what we were up against, I suggested that we pray and ask God to intervene. We prayed a simple prayer, something to this effect. Lord Jesus, we acknowledge that you are the deliverer. It is your ministry, and we know that you know all about Sally's problems and that you want her whole even more than we do. In your name, we command this thing tormenting her to identify itself and to come out of her. Then we just waited. Sally began to shake and, and shiver. It is evidence to us. It is evident to us that the Lord was doing something, and that she was apparently seeing something. Therefore, we decided simply to wait and let the Lord finish His sovereign ministry to her. And this is one of the. This right here is a great reason why it's important to read, uh, and hear other people's stories of deliverance and other testimonies as well. You learn so much. Just like that, they asked the Lord, "What is it?" and then they waited. I need to remember to wait. On the Lord, many times as I do ministry. A few minutes later, she looked up. Her eyes were wet with tears, and she said, Wow, you won't believe what the Lord just showed me. I was in a large white room, and I began to be able to see details. You know, I'm a nurse, so I instantly recognized the scene as the hospital delivery room. I could see the clock on the wall. I could see the the delivery room staff milling around. I could hear everything they said. I knew everything going on in that room. It was amazing to me. And then I noticed, that there was a woman on the table who, was, who had obviously just given birth. She paused briefly for a breath and continued her description of what she had seen, and suddenly I felt myself being carried from the corner where I was out toward the center of the room, and I realized with a start that I was the newborn baby. The nurse carrying me attempted to hand me to the new mother. She took one look at me with a sneer on her face and put up a hand to stop the nurse and snarled, Get it out of here! She sighed deeply, and we all then realized that the curse of being an it had, in essence, been laid upon her from the moment of her birth. As a result of her being unwanted by her mother and put up for adoption, she had not only picked up the spirit of rejection and the spirit of abandonment for which she had been previously delivered, but also this unusual and peculiar spirit which had caused her to think of herself as an it. We then prayed again with her, breaking the curse of being an it and cast out the spirit which made her think of herself as not feminine. After she was delivered, Sally asked that we pray with her that she might be able to start dating. Preferably a spirit-filled man, she said. Within a week, she came back to say, you won't believe this. I can hardly believe it myself. But the Lord has answered that prayer. Would you believe I've been dating a spirit-filled man and he has asked me to marry him? As it turned out, Sally didn't marry, but it was a bold move in a new direction for her. And it blessed us all to see the to see how far beyond our ability to think or ask the Lord could do. She didn't marry him, I should say. I, I don't know if she ever got married. But this story just shows that we can be we can receive something evil um at our birth, even before birth if you, if your uh, mother was beat while you were pregnant, sometimes a man will try to kill the baby in the womb um, through beating, you know, or attempted abortions. All these things, we can inherit a spirit of rejection even before we're born. Sometimes children, even in a marriage, were born through rape, which is also a curse. And sometimes we've been molested even as babies, and we don't realize it, but it's affecting us because a spirit of perversion entered then. Also, there are generational curses. There are many people, if you listen to people's stories, you'll find out so-and-so was molested and their father was molested and their father was molested and it goes up the chain because there is a spirit attached to the family that when one family member dies, it moves to the next and it seeks to pervert the whole family because it is on assignment from the devil. And it takes people with authority, which is you and I, because we have. If, if you are in Christ, you have the authority of Jesus to break that curse. So I'm just going to do that for you right now, because we don't, need, we don't need mega pastors. I have nothing against mega pastors, and I have nothing, mega church pastors, and I have nothing against mega churches. I do have something against churches and preaching without power, because it doesn't meet the need. It doesn't heal the sick. It doesn't cast out demons. It doesn't transform lives. So it's not enough, and we need more. And I'm thankful that the Lord doesn't need superstars. He uses everyday people like me and like you to do it. And I'm just going to pray for those who are watching right now who are struggling with same-sex attraction, and I'm just going to break off that curse from you and command these things to leave in Jesus' name. So wherever you are, just open your hand right now to receive what the Lord is going to do in your life. So Jesus, I just thank you for your power. I thank you for your blood, and I thank you for all those right now who are listening to the sound of my voice, who are watching this video. You died for them. Your blood was shed for them, and if they um, have confessed you as Lord, they are your child, and so, in the name of Jesus, I take every curse that was placed on them through abuse, physical emotional verbal um spiritual, all of that abuse, Lord, we heap it on your back because the Bible says you became a curse for us on the cross, so we just t- pick up our curses and we place it on you because you've already paid for it. Lord, we take our sh- our sin, the-, the pornography use, the engagement with sexual activities that were not um, approved by you. Lord, these sins, we we take those and we put them on you as well because you were nailed on the cross for our sin. You've already paid for them. So we just stick them on you right now. Thank you, Lord, for taking our punishment. Thank you for taking away our curse. And in the name of Jesus, I take authority over every demonic curse in, the li- in your life right now. Every spirit of perversion, I cancel your assignment. You are not allowed in this person's life anymore. You have to leave now. Get out in Jesus' name. Your assignment is over. I cancel your assignment to pervert this person and their generations. You don't have that right anymore. You don't have that assignment anymore. I bind you. Go to the feet of Jesus for your judgment, but do not return. Spirit of perversion, up and out in Jesus' name. The blood of Jesus was shed for this person, so you don't have a right to be here. Up and out in Jesus name, up and out in Jesus' name, if you are experiencing shaking sweating uh the the need to throw up burping or whatever, know that that 's a spirit leaving you if it hasn't if it hasn 't left fully yet, command it to leave in Jesus' name, maybe replay this the last few minutes of this video um, and if you still need help, make sure you contact me um, in the, the in the show notes below from my website, or just write it in the comments. Hey, I need prayer, and I'll be glad to pray with you and to walk you through to complete deliverance, because Jesus has not come to make us church members. Jesus hasn't come to make us religious people. Jesus came to set the captives free. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach good news to the poor, to set the captives free, and to bind up the brokenhearted. And by God's grace, I'm going to do that. All right, God bless you guys. We'll see you next time.